solitary confinement is considered a punishment because it removes a person from that which makes them human. And what makes people human is interaction with others. Born into a family that is taught the, the do-for-self uh, mentality. So my earliest examples were of uh, people who took their skills and attempted to, to work for themselves for better or worse. So when you're raising a family where you see everyone, no matter what they may do during the day in some cases, or people who just have never uh, worked a, a standard nine to five job, it, it plants a seed. Right. So no matter what happened throughout life, jobs, military, so on and so forth, have always had the mentality of take, like almost like a, a, a reconnaissance mission where, you know, you go into enemy lines and you, you get the treasure and then you bring it back to the base. And right. so that's how I always viewed employment. So work for a company, but always build my own platform. So what began to happen is those companies over time with the different ventures that I built would actually become partners. So throughout life, I, I had the, uh, the light bulb moment that uh, I need to go on my own and uh, start to uh, build my own, uh, my own empire, so to speak. So uh, for many years now, I've been a uh, full-time entrepreneur and the specialty is to help talent-based businesses or people who operate talent-based businesses evolve into system-based businesses so that they can be available for the people and moments that are important to them. And as far as um, the, the give back side of things, I'm very active in what I call strategic philanthropy, where most people who are philanthropic will do it under the umbrella of a nonprofit or a foundation. In my particular case, it is for profit. So I put together various partnerships and uh, will create a course or a live event, so on and so forth, and take the proceeds of those events to uh, empower an organization or a cause that we find near and dear. And so awesome. if you are uh, based in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, for example, and you have a child in the school system who has uh, used an iPad for learning, mm -hmm. it's a seven, right now it's about seven out of 10 probability that it came from the efforts of myself and my partners. We've done, um, at this point, hundreds of different campaigns with um, some of the biggest names uh, throughout the, the philanthropic world. So, gotcha. but I have a different spin to it in that my approach is a bit more uh, grassroots and direct. So mm -hmm. we don't just give to, and you don't see us, you know, you might see us with a camera in the school or here right. and there and follow up and do mentorship programs, so on and so forth. So Awesome, man. Awesome. That is, I can't even tell you, I got chills listening to you um, because you know when, how the universe brings folks together that have such things in common, um, especially the, the movement and the kind of the message that you're speaking is directly in line with what I try to do. Uh, so I understand you wholeheartedly that you can give, but you don't have to give your last to give back. Um, been working so much already trying to work with uh, younger people uh, in the places that I can get to, to show them a different vision of themselves and of reality that they can create so i understand that wholeheartedly um uh, so i applaud you on that uh you said a couple of things i want to hear a little bit more about you said talent based to system based explain that to me well my clientele profile tends to be high performance entrepreneurs which could be a-type personalities or let's say executives that have moved on into private coaching consulting speaking uh, to public figures, to uh, politicians, radio and television personalities. Uh, and in many cases, they suffer from the, the deficit of time. So they have 
projects that if they completed them would absolutely uh, contribute to the growth of their legacy, mm -hmm. but they're too busy, uh, for lack of a better term, getting paid to be them. It's a full-time job. So right. what I help them to understand and implement is the, the steps to increase lead sales and subscribers in an automated and or systematic way with the idea of taking a lead or a fan in some cases and taking them down a predictable timeline of becoming a, a lifetime customer. I am, and I understand that wholeheartedly because um, while I was actually in Europe, I was a full-time singer, so I performed and we went all over the place and sometime as a, a dealing with, and also I manage folks, dealing with artists, you see that they only can kind of see themselves they don't actually see the business portion of it or even sometimes the logistics of everything that has to happen. So I can I can see where a public figure or somebody who's just, as you said, paid to be themselves can can be 100% great at being themselves, but 100% sucky at actually building a business and actually creating um, more than just themselves behind it. So yeah, I, I can understand that. When I looked at your profile and some of the things I saw, you talked about, um, you wanted to talk about reputation management. Describe that to me and, and talk, walk me kind of through the process of how that looks. Well, you've been to school. I've been to some form of schooling. Everyone who's going to listen to this has been to some form of scholastic education. And through that journey, there's not been one elective, one course on how to uh, build friendships, how to be a friend, how to use relationships to uh, strategically to advance yourself in a career, conflict resolution, none of these uh, skills, how to uh, assert and ask for what you want out of life. And so what many of us run into is we are learning uh, a valuable skills such as um, people or relationship management well into adulthood. Right. And if you were not fortunate enough to have a, a mentor or a relative who has, you know, exceptional uh, emotional intelligence, it's learning, let's say, body language and communication, which is the dominant form of communication later in life, you know, behind the eight ball or later on in the game of life. So um, reputational management is the art of establishing who you are, what you stand for, your core values, and amplifying that signal to connect and build your network as a service. So every one of us has a network. Uh, most of us do not nurture our networks. We access our networks at what I call the speed of need. And so mainly transactional. So what I teach and my philosophy behind reputation management is to cultivate and uh, invoke the law of reciprocity through giving first and giving value in a way that delivers unique value, but does not take from that which you have to give or leave you in a disadvantaged position so that you put people in the winning position every single day and there's a whole system and process for that and so when you actually have a, a need that you need fulfilled people come back to you tenfold and you just continuously create wins for everyone around you awesome awesome and Shadid, you see I, I can understand and feel that entrepreneurship in you because most people who i've talked to in this type of niche would call it brand management and by you actually going to call it reputation management and putting your stamp and your signature definition to it is really awesome because as i said i've i guess i heard hundreds but i have of brand managers and brand awareness companies and they come they don't have a lot of folks come into entrepreneurship with another person's idea it's like um when i talk to people about success um I tell a person, don't define your success by another person's definition. You have to decide what's success for you. And as an entrepreneur, we're supposed to be creators. So I have a three-step 
part when I when I talk to people. I said there should be you should duplicate, emulate, then originate. Now oh, when man, I say I gotta take notes. Hold on, I, wait, oh, hold on now. When I say duplicate, I'm not meaning copy. I'm meaning you look and find something that is working and you replicate that system. Whether it's a copy, whether it's a video, whether it's colors, you can replicate that strategy. Now you emulate. Now you move it a little bit and maneuver it a little bit to where it's feeling a little bit more like you. So you see somebody with a hat, okay, you can get that hat, but now you're twisting it off to the side a little bit. Now that's you. And the third step is originate. Now you go get your own hat. Most people who call themselves entrepreneurs, they want to start at origination. The problem with that is that if you don't have the pockets to finance being original, you're going to fail. So if you come in with duplication first, find a system, a person that you can follow that already is succeeding. Adjust from there, come up with your own ideas because of success, and then create your own success from inside of you. So I, I got you, man. I, I love what you just said just in, just in those few minutes to see that originality in you. Um, so that reputation management, brand management, that's two separate things, but sometimes accomplish the same goal. And I love it how you brought it out. You said you put on different events. Um, what are some of the things that you, I guess, have, have put together as far as, um, I can hear it already in you, giving back. What are some of the things that you've put together to give back? Well, we have the uh, 100 Classrooms campaign where we solve uh, digital illiteracy through uh, adopting and providing uh, 21st century learning environments. Uh, the reality is that in uh, underfunded or underprivileged communities, uh, there's a new uh, definition of illiteracy, which is the inability to uh, use technology. So state-mandated tests are all delivered via computer. And in most underfunded schools, you may have, let's say, a group of third graders, 10 students, two computers who have to, you know, group together, share headphones and one keyboard. And so it's a cumulative effect. And if students are being left behind, let's say mentally, but still being passed ahead, Studies show that any uh, correctional institution, uh, it all starts with um, the reading scores of third grade boys determines where a prison is built in the United States. Mm -hmm. So if by the third grade, the trajectory towards uh, lack limitation and or incarceration is based on, uh, in this case, act illiteracy, which is defined by a uh, lack of technology, what I figured back in 2013 is I had to bloom where I'm planted. So I started to take the proceeds from my consulting work and adopt classrooms. And so I, other people started to see what I was doing and those partnerships started. And uh, here we are uh, also uh, in terms of technology, I operate the president of the longest running Microsoft community learning institution. I had to say that all in one sense <laughs> in, the, in the state of Maryland. And so we've helped thousands of uh, professionals to transition into Microsoft technology. We have a give back component through our annual event, which is uh, SharePoint Saturday. Mm -hmm. And for the past 13 years, Every single month, 13 consecutive years, we've had a monthly meeting where we allow for adults to come in and learn about technology, work on their communication skills through presentation, and it culminates to our, our Super Bowl, which is the annual event. Awesome. Awesome to hear, man. Now, you brought into another sore point for me is actually in the education system. Um, one, of the, one of the key parts of my workshop is Letting, letting folks understand that our education system was designed to create workers because that's when it was really needed in the Great Depression. We needed to put out a lot of workers. Why do you think our education system has not adapted now 
instead of having people sit down, do rope tests, do it individually, just like you go into a factory, to now to adjust to technology where we're doing all these different collaborations and all working with all these different people and using technology in so much, so many advanced ways. Why do you think we, we've, we're stuck here? That's an excellent question. That is a really good question because the reality is that uh, employees were the result of game-changing uh, entrepreneurship. If you look at the uh, conception of you know, Henry Ford or the, the factories after the uh, Depression and also uh, World War II, this is when people uh, stopped going from with their primary talent or skill, so a blacksmith, a butcher, mm-hmm. a tailor, a seamstress, so on and so forth, and started to go to the factories because of the uh, the war and lack of opportunity. So when something is working and it fuels industries, the change will never come from the top. And if we look from a solution-oriented standpoint, the schools, as you mentioned, are nothing more than factories which churn out the talent for uh, Fortune 500 America or the outdated factory concept that we've all come to know. So it takes the innovators at a, a grassroots level to partner up and launch their own schools. I know several people who I talk to on a daily or weekly basis who have uh, done just that. Uh, I'll give you uh, one name, Edwin Avent. He launched or partnered uh, with uh, a few uh, friends and colleagues, and he launched the uh, Baltimore Collegiate School for Boys right off of Northern Parkway in Baltimore. And he has plans to expand to Philadelphia, where uh, both he and I are originally from, and continue on with that concept of within that particular school, there's an entrepreneurial model, there's different uh, curriculum that would be considered uh, cutting edge by yesterday's standards. and w- But when applied to today's uh, youth who are much uh, able to adopt new technology much faster, they have uh, ideas that they can implement or let's say bring to failure much faster because they have the tools and the apps to express it. You know, this is this is the time for the entrepreneurs who are viewing this broadcast or listening to this broadcast to, again, bloom where you're planted and look at what you can do within your own communities. After school programs, we have, for example, a financial literacy program where we have uh, children at as early as the third grade are able to learn about credit, entrepreneurship, uh, financial management, stock market, and continue on up to the uh, eighth grade. This was an initiative that was brought together by a group of friends who uh, had their own influence in their own industries and said, hmm, we all have the same uh, challenge. We all went to school and we all knew what this issue was. So to answer the question, the it's far too profitable to keep the, the model the way it is. And the change will not come from the top. It has to come from a grassroots level through entrepreneurs who are the creators, who are the innovators. Partnerships are definitely uh, help in this case to bring that change about. Awesome, man, awesome. So refreshing to hear things like this. Um, one of the things that you have that I really, really, really envy, because I was in the military for 20 years, I traveled all over the world, and now I'm here in Utah, and I have been going back to my hometown more regularly now, working with the kids there. Um, you have that that home, and when you have that home, you, you actually have access to continue it, continued, uh, I guess, not success, but the people that are around you see that you're there, and they can see what you're doing. How can 
you, and I, this is kind of a moot question, but I really want you to answer it. How can we bring that that's home for you, which is Baltimore, those places right there. How can we take that home and bring that home to other places who still need that same type of thing? Great question. One point that I want to make sure is perfectly clear. I have lived on a boat for many years of my life as a United States sailor. And so the, the, founder, the founding concepts and roots of the reputational currency system came about in the military. That was what I would consider one of my first large scale networks. You can say sports would be one of those as well. And that fraternity of uh, track and field has stayed tight knit throughout life. But in joining the military, it gave me the sense of the a, a bigger sense of the, the world is bigger than my community. Right. So uh, Baltimore is not where I was born, not where I was raised. It was a place where I settled. And so I, I thought uh, during the time of moving there, and in fact, I've never been to Baltimore before I moved to Baltimore. It was okay. where I felt opportunity was. Mm-hmm. And so with the concept of anything that I, I get myself into, it's all about, again, blooming where I'm planted. So when I, I landed on a ship, when I was in Japan, it's getting as, as comfortable as possible. Just to use an analogy, because I'm, I'm into um, martial arts and I study martial arts, I train martial arts, and we're barefoot a lot. So if I'm in a place long enough and I'm comfortable, I take my shoes off and connect to the uh, the roots of that particular environment. And that's an analogy for anyone who is in a new environment or anyone who is in a scenario where they want to bring about change. You have to connect to what is moving, what is shaking, what is important, and develop that that connection in terms of what you bring to the table, your unique value in relation to what's already existing. So with people who are in other communities, what has worked for me is no matter where I go, I have a, a very clear understanding of who I am, my identity, my unique uh, value, my core values. And when people encounter me, they know exactly what those are about because I communicate them. And next, I'm willing to give before I receive. I'm willing to give tenfold before I receive. So if there's a scenario, and this has been a pattern throughout my life, is that I've always given to larger entities and organizations and brands mm-hmm. and without the expectation of, or let's say a one-for-one where you, I give, you must give back. If, if I see the vision and I see where it's going, I'm going to give to it. And I look at like a universal bank in terms of the the return on the investment. And that has been a pattern all throughout life up to this point. Awesome. Awesome. I have a definition of value for folks too. I say value is what you do without the expectation of anything in return. That's when it becomes valuable. And your explanation of coming into a community is also uh, resonates with what uh, I teach is where I actually draw out an outward spiraling circle to my clients. And I show them that most folks, you want to start on the outside of that circle where you're paying for stuff, you're putting out marketing, you're doing flyers. But if you have a, a anything that deals in your community, the first question I'm going to ask you is, do you know who your mayor is? Do you know who your, your counselor is? That's the basis of any actual business endeavor that I'm that I've been to, I've, when I was in Macon, Georgia, I started a basketball league um, from all the counties. I uh, started off with six AAU teams, and I built that into also an adult league. And I had an issue with the actual Parks and Recs people; they were trying to overcharge me. Uh, but since I knew the mayor, I just sent the mayor, 
and all the Parks and Recs people a really nice crafted tactical letter saying basically if you don't want to help people please let me know but I'm doing this to help the community. Mayor called me up said John you can use whatever facility you want just pay the guys overtime since you're doing it on a weekend. It's overlooked by a lot of people who want to make a difference is actually knowing the people who can basically starting from from inside you build from inside out. So uh, another lady I knew she had a bakery and we're talking on the phone I said well do the people in your area where your bakery are, do, do any of them frequent your, your bakery? And she's like, no, not really. And I said, well, how do you expect to grow your business if the people who live around it don't know about it? I told her, take, make a little care package, go to each one of their doors, knock on the door and give them a care package. Just say, hey, I'm, I'm right down the road. Just want to let you know we're in the neighborhood. Thought you might like this. This is a part that just seems to be overlooked by folks because they're looking at the finance instead of the future. They're looking at the finance. And if you actually look at what you're trying to build, what you're trying to do, what the impact it is that you're trying to, 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 to accomplish, then you see the people and not just the profit. Because you can't go past the people to get the money. And that's what a lot of folks try to do. They just say, well, I'm going to go over here. But um, there's another saying that uh, my mama said, she said, uh, if you want to do it, you're going to do it. And when you find folks who are like yourself and, and myself who really want to work in where we are, there's really not, uh, say, limitations to what you can do. It's just a matter of starting to do stuff. You know, you, you look at, as you said, look at where you are, what's going on, where you get in, where you fit in, and then bring your skills to the table and become a profitable, helpful member of the community. Be valuable. That, that is the name of the game. So there's another thing I was watching you uh, the other day. Um, you were talking about your JVology, big topic right now, because I have never in my lifetime seen so many business owners and entrepreneurs trying to actually connect to other business owners and entrepreneurs. I have not seen it. Um, I don't know whether it's just because they're not getting the clients that they're used to. They have more time, whatever it is. But right now, I've seen more virtual happy hours, more uh, business, uh, virtual business connection workshops than ever. How are you, um, I see you have a five-part series on this. How are you bringing this to light and, and why is that important to you? Okay, so first things first, JVology is a community that uh, was established by a, a mentor and a friend of mine. His name is Jay Facet. Now, Jay is uh, Canada's most wanted. He's from uh, Calgary. <laughs> and if you uh, venture up north to uh, Canada, he is the one of the, the leading personal development minds uh, over the last 30 years. There's about 40,000 uh, coaches, consultants, healers who have been through uh, his programs, most famously, Personal Best. I happened to uh, build a, a great relationship uh, with Jay uh, years ago. He, he uh, older than me, but he liked a lot of the um, attitude and energy that I brought to the table in meeting him. So developed a, a great rapport and was one of the earliest community members of uh, JVology, which was a spinoff of uh, Mastermind to Million. So he's the world-renowned uh, mastermind for business um, teacher, facilitator, slash uh, coach. So JVology is the community that teaches the art of the joint venture. So when we talk about uh, the, the five-day challenge, uh, there was uh, five joint venture partners and five-day challenge in that I am a partner in that particular uh, promotion. And whenever I take on a affiliate or joint venture uh, promotion, I dive all the way in. So I don't just share the link or I don't just send it one time. I'm going to, for example, in this particular case, I'm going to watch each video, go through the whole uh, course myself, and then give you the recap so that if you are a member of the community, you get the, the, the remix of 
from my interpretation, right, from based you. on my experience with the community. So based on being a person who has traveled the world, teaching about networking and building relationships. So it's, it's double the value. So when we talk about the why are business owners looking to partner, why are business owners collaborating? I think in many cases, it's when you the everything slows down and distractions are out of the way, you kind of look at where you are and you look at what you need to do. And in this time, what has worked has relied on being in person or being able to leave the house and being right. able to go to certain events and certain buildings and certain happenings and activity that has been removed. So we're now thinking more internally and we're now doing more soul searching, spring cleaning, so to speak, in our businesses and our lives. Mm -hmm. And when all things are broken down to the basics, people need people. I'll give you exactly. two clear examples very quickly is if you, let's say solitary confinement is considered a punishment because it removes a person from that which makes them human. And what makes people human is interaction with others. If you have a, a child, for example, who is a young child and you don't hug the child, you don't touch the child for the first uh, four to five years of their life, they actually will grow up with a huge disconnect and studies show that can lead to a life of crime, limitations, so on and so forth. So human beings need connection. So when things aren't working the way that they normally do, you have to go in a different direction. And when people are isolated, they're, they're yearning for that next best thing, which is the virtual connection. And so creators are going to create. That's and it. now we have our virtual happy hours, events, and in greater numbers than ever before because necessity dictates the next path forward. Exactly. And now one thing you said in there I want to make sure and stamp on is that when you actually do that self-evaluation as a business or entrepreneur, you you see the, the need. Um, like when, when I look at doing collaborations with people, I bring what I bring to the table. They bring what they bring to the table. But the most important thing that has to happen is that you actually meet the other person's need. So if you're not meeting that, excuse me, that need, it doesn't matter actually what you have. Like for myself, I don't need another affiliate program. Um, I, got, I can, I got Dan Henry's. I got a whole bunch of stuff. I don't need somebody to help me build my audience. I have 17 Facebook groups with over 400,000 people. What I need is to get to other audiences. I need to be in front of other people. So if you can meet my need, then you have access to everything that I have, what I bring to the table. And that's where the collaborations I'm seeing that are jumping off where folks who you really have to almost fight, bite their finger to get them to bring you to their audience. Now they're saying, hey, can you come speak over here? I'll come to your audience. I'll speak over here. Hey, let's do a, all of us speak at one different spot. Let's put, the, and that is the thing that I've noticed the most that people are more flexible in opening up to what they thought was their little pond, but bringing new ideas, fresh information to those same audiences to, to show that relevance and also to strengthen that audience. So like for myself, I'm a marketing and sales strategist, but I can bring a mindset guy into my audience and let him help them with their mindset. I can bring a LinkedIn guy come in and they can help build my audience and the same thing, vice versa. So th those are the things that I'm seeing and I'm loving this time because of that. Of course, you know, you definitely don't like the the coronavirus or anything that it's doing. But, you know, as you can look back, some of the billion dollar businesses were created during some of the worst times. And when opportunity comes to prepared people, that's where success happens. That's a powerful point. I think what I want to do right now is to acknowledge the fact that there are entrepreneurs who are enjoying their greatest success or their greatest breakthrough or something that they were working on is actually going to the moon right now. Publicly, it is considered, let's say, bad form in some cases, or how can you talk about your success 
but so many people are trying to figure it out or lost and confused. And mm -hmm. I want to acknowledge those who dreaming at the top of their lungs enjoy at the wins that it took so long to arrive to because they finally had the moment to strip things down from the day-to-day -day distractions to say working in the business and having the final opportunity, uh, extended opportunity to work on the business. And so, yes, there are many collaborations that are taking place. And there's also many people who are basically planned for the rainy day. And it's been raining for yeah. uh, over a month now. So those people who brought those umbrellas on the sunny days are now able to uh, take up more market share. And I applaud that because, you know, in, with your military background and mine, it is sort of a, a built-in contingency plan for everything that is going on. And I actually am very thankful at everything that I thought was a waste of time <laughs> or why are they doing this to us? Do I have to clean this floor again? And because it, it built calluses on the mind that when the, the, the going is uncertain, always take a step forward. And those individuals, those business owners who are now having those breakthroughs, but they can't share it publicly. I just want to acknowledge you and make sure that you understand that it's okay to have your wins, even though the world may tell you that you should be somber at this time. Uh, exactly, exactly. And, you know, one of the things that I've taken, two things I really got the most that people see from me from being in the military. Number one is multitasking. Folks say, oh, well, you can't multitask. And I say, well, you know what? I sat on an airplane, listened to three external radios, I'm sorry, three internal radios, five external radios, plus had to operate a console with 60 different buttons, each with at least four different functions, monitoring over 200 to 300 aircraft moving around in a virtual space. Yeah, I think I can do a couple of things at the same time. So that's number one. Number two, I got what I guess I would consider, people say it's negative, but if I don't consider it negative. I think worst case scenario. Whereas I, when a person is talking to me, uh, uh, one of my superpowers is that when a person speaks to me, I actually see what they're saying. So if you're telling me about your business, I'm actually creating it in my mind. And I can come back and say, well, you might not want to do this because of this. And they'll go, well, how do you know? Because I can see it. Same thing if you tell me about you're building your house. I say you might not want to put your pool over here. Why? Because I can see it. So when I think of those worst case scenarios, those are the things that I try to build into my clients' businesses, build that in already. So if I was working with, I got a restaurant guy in New York, um, but if I was working with a clothing store, one of the first things I want you to do is, yes, you have this brick and mortar nice business, but get online. Because if you can actually supplement or even Ex exceed the amount that you sell publicly to people online, then your store is just actually a front for your online business where you don't have to be limited by the people that are around you. And so th in these times like this is where, you know, folks like me are going, you, you don't want to say it, but I told you, I told you guys. And those who are succeeding now, some some of us, some of them are quiet, are being quiet. But then there's some of these other folks that, you know, we're coming out saying, hey guys, we told you this is happening. Because I put out a, a video the other day, I called it the new poor. I said, are you the new poor? The new poor were some of these um, executives, some folks who are in really high paying jobs who have have now been sent home and some of them laid off. There's these business owners who depended completely on social contact and public meetings to where now their businesses are closed. And the, the key of it is if you cannot survive for about six months or more, 
paying your expenses, you are now the new poor because now you are done. Because now you, you have to either start completely over or what you built is completely gone. And that has now, once again, shifted our economic status of people. Like I, I saw Grant Cardone, he, he laid off all these different folks who were making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And now he laid off like 50%, not 50, about 30% of those people. Those people now, if they hadn't set aside, did some good financial planning and set aside income to exceed their expenses for the next six months, because we're in a six month minimum phase right here. This is going to be minimum six months. If you can't go past that six months, what's going to happen? They're going to start incurring debt, now becoming back to the new slavery. <laughs> and you're the new poor. So now there's the poor poor, and then there's the new poor. And so that's the last bit of rambling I'm going to do. Actually, uh, but you've really pulled out a lot of great stuff from me. And I appreciate that because having to talk with someone who can talk and who actually has substance brings out a lot from me. So I appreciate you for that. So I'll leave you for the, the last word here. And then we'll talk about how people can get a hold of you, what you have coming up. And uh, when I'm back in um, Annadale seeing my boys, I'm definitely going to look you up. Perfect. Now, first of all, thank you for those of you who have joined us for this conversation and have taken part in terms of uh, examining your own story, your wins, your losses, and where you currently are today. People are your most valuable asset. In the example that was just shared by John, if you do not have access to six months of uh, cash flow and or savings or your primary investments went belly up, your network is your most powerful asset that you can leverage to go from zero to where you were before the uncertainty kicked off. So what I want you to examine is how you are showing up every day. During this time, if you're a service provider, if you have a product, if you are a thought leader, authority, author, subject matter expert, at this time, you need to amplify your signal. There are more questions being asked during this time than at any other point in modern society. Your product, your service is the answer to those who are on your particular customer journey. So show up, amplify your signal, find ways to deliver value each and every day, whether it's through social media, whether it's being an active and increased presence in your community. And let's all make it through this time. But at the same time, if you are in a position where you have saved for the rainy day, now's the time to look ahead to the future, 2021 and beyond, and position yourself to dominate market share and be all that you can be in business and in life. There, there you have it, guys. Words of wisdom. Too much stuff to even contemplate right now. I'm going to have to watch the replay myself. Thank you so much, Adid. And all of you who are listening, remember, it's not just about information. It's about implementation. Let's get to work. Let's see what we can do to make not only the world better, but in turn, you're also helping yourself and making your life, your loved ones better at the same time. How can we get a hold of you? Where can yeah. we find you? Well, we'll start with the uh, best place to reach me, with it, which is my website. It is M-R-S-H-A-D-E-E-D.com, MrShadid.com on social media. Mr. Shadid spelled the same on YouTube, Instagram, as well as Twitter. If you join my email list, which is MrShadid.com forward slash email, you will receive up to 53,000 325 US dollars, business tools, templates, techniques that are shared along my journey of entrepreneurship. You receive an entire autoresponder dripped out over the entire year, and that will help you along your journey. That is the first place that I share my exclusive content, my exclusive ideas, and build my community as a whole. So please connect with me in those following ways. Awesome, man. Well, I'll be joining that as soon as I get off of here. But uh, once again, thank you for being here, and uh, we will have you back, no doubt, and uh, we need to see what we can do together.